Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 299. And now you know. And if it weren't for you amazing Patreon patrons, we wouldn't be here. So if you want to help support us, bring you independent news every week, head on over to patreon.com slash now you know, and there you're going to find some awesome perks. This week's episode is sponsored by Blinkist. Do you ever wish that you could hop in the car, do your errands, and when you get home, you will have also read a new book? With Blinkist, you can. That's right. With Blinkist, you can read or listen to blinks of over 3,000 books in less than 15 minutes. It's like having a reading superpower. And that way you can expose your mind to so many more authors and ideas. I just blinked Michael Pollan's How to Change Your Mind, The New Science of Psychedelics. Did you listen to it or read it? Well, I listened to it while I was cooking. It's a great history of psychedelics, something I'm interested in, but not interested in to have like read a whole book on, if you know what I mean. Nice to get a little taste without committing to a whole meal. Yeah, like tapas. But less expensive. But if you blink a book that interests you and you want to hear the whole thing, Blinkist also has full-length audiobooks with premium subscribers getting special member pricing up to 65% off the regular retail price. And the same goes for podcasts. Blinkist now has shortcasts. They've teamed up with popular podcast creators to blink those for you, too, so you can get to the heart of a podcast episode fast. And I love that so many of Blinkist's selections are available to listen to in addition to reading, so I can listen in the car or on a walk or while cooking. The first 100 people who use our link are going to get unlimited access for one week to try out Blinkist. You'll also get 25% off if you want to try the full membership. And the seven-day trial is completely free. You can cancel at any time during that period. So EV drivers, do you ever experience this? Your battery is full, or maybe it's cold outside and you take your foot off the accelerator expecting the regen brakes to kick in and you just keep coasting. Right. Regenerative braking uses the electric motor to slow down the car, turning the motor into a generator. But if the battery can't take the juice, either because it's too cold out or because it's full, well, then you won't get regen braking and you'll have to put your foot on the brake pedal and press it. Well, Tesla must have heard you because they are now releasing over the air software update 2022.16.0.2. So what's this going to do? Tesla says your vehicle can now automatically apply regular brakes for consistent deacceleration when regenerative braking is limited due to battery temperature or state of charge. To enable, tap controls, pedals and steering, apply brakes when regenerative braking is limited. 
So it only seems to be available for the Model 3 and the Model Y at the moment. This is actually really cool. It's not the first time that we've seen brake blending, but it's the first time that we've, I think we've seen one pedal brake blending. There may have been some other EVs that have, have done this before. I love that it's an option. This will be so great in the winter. Um, I noticed this the other day. I charged up to almost full to go on a longer trip. And yeah, when I was pulling out of my driveway, I didn't have any regen. So this will be a welcome upgrade for me. This is another one of those butts and seats things that people don't get till they drive an EV. Mm -hmm. When we just had our buddy Tom drive the Rivian, he just got out of the truck smiling because he had just driven the truck almost entirely with one foot. And that was while towing 11,000 pounds. So it's pretty impressive what EVs can do. And I love this update by Tesla. And if that wasn't sexy enough for you, Tesla's software update, yes, the same one we were just talking about, 2022.16.0.2, also has a couple other new features. Now media accounts will be linked to driver profiles. Oh, this is gonna be a good one. Now, I know, I know, it's a first world problem, but if you have, let's say Spotify, and you share the car with the rest of your family, then up until now, you had to use one Spotify profile. I know, can you believe we survived doing that? <laughs> so now if you switch driver profiles, your Spotify and other media accounts will switch as well. That's awesome. Yeah. So now instead of you getting in the car and saying, what does Spotify think I want to listen to? And you're like, Taylor Swift? I I don't know about that. It will, you know, say, oh, Jesse is driving. So he wants to listen to his weird music. Yeah, it's a really cool feature. So what's the other new feature? Tesla says energy prediction for your route has been improved by incorporating forecasted crosswind, headwind, humidity, and ambient temperature when using online navigation. I thought it already took ambient temperature into account. Yeah, I did too. Uh, we'll have to see if people report getting more accurate range predictions. Because, I mean, I knew it took weather into account, which I thought would include ambient temperature. Mm. But I don't know. And I know that a lot of people who like live in the Midwest and have big, long stretches of highway with no trees on either side. Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get a lot of wind. And that usually affects your range, whether you're going into the wind or whether the wind is, is pushing you along. Yeah. So comment below, how accurate do you think Tesla's range estimates have been up till now? I'm curious what other people think. Yeah, because I mean, I feel like they're pretty accurate, but we have talked to some people that we bumped into recently who are like, Model Y is always off by 20%. Mm. And I'm like, oh, maybe you drive weird or something. I don't know. It, it really, you can affect it based on <laughs> how much you push that pedal. Hey, and if you'd like to affect our YouTube channel, hit the like button. It really helps us out. Now, I don't read Thai, so I can't say that I've actually read Tesla's application here. But according to Electrek, Tesla has filed the paperwork with the Thailand government to start selling their cars, solar products, and batteries in Thailand. Now, do you think this is because Tesla has decided to put on hold entering India? Yeah, I think that could be it. I mean, there's also a lot of private citizens that have imported Teslas into Thailand, and there is a big car market there. Last year, 759,000 vehicles were sold in Thailand, with Toyota, Isuzu, and Honda being the best sellers. Yeah, I did some research, and the Isuzu D-Max was the best-selling vehicle in Vietnam last year, followed by the Toyota Hilux. These are both small pickup trucks, hmm. which kind of surprised me because you think of pickup trucks only being like a U.S. market thing, but they're really popular in Thailand. And I don't know, does that mean that Tesla might start selling cyber trucks there? I don't know. I mean, it is going to be a much bigger truck than, than these two. True. But, I mean, bulletproof, rustproof, dentproof. Yeah, I mean, Southeast Asia, uh, a very damp, wet place where mm. cars must rust a lot. So I, I would imagine a stainless steel truck would do really well. Yeah. Yeah. Comment down below if you think they might make like a smaller version cyber truck for the Thailand market. Although let's think about this. It's probably going to be sent from China to Thailand. Mm -hmm. So they're just opening up the Asia Pacific market a little bit more. True. 
my guess is that Cybertruck wasn't the first thing on their mind. Mm. So let's talk about this. We're about to go on a camping trip where we're going to bring Starlink with us. And we've tested it before. You can check out that video here where we went about 25 miles from home and mm -hmm. it still worked. But we don't know if it's going to work where we're going to go camping this time because we're going even further from home. Right. Well, interestingly, SpaceX just released this tweet. Um, now you can apparently get an RV Starlink if you want to. What's, what's that? Um, so this would be a $600 dish and it would cost $135 a month and you can turn it on and off, you know, basically pause it for months at a time. Oh, really? So yeah. you can like if you're not going to be traveling for a few months, you can just shut off the subscription? Right. Oh, so I don't know if our Starlink is going to work over 50 miles from home. We got to test that. We're going to be testing that out when we do our camping trip. Because, I mean, uh, camping in a Rivian tent with Starlink to watch movies and stuff would be really fun. It is going to be really fun if it works. I'm hoping that it'll work. But knock on solar panel. Worst case, we would uh, we would get the RV version that should be able to work uh, almost anywhere in the world. Now, is there a map showing where this is going to work right now? Yes. So uh, you can take a look here. Oh, that's a lot of places. Yeah. So I'm not sure in the uh, region marked uh, wait list. I'm not sure what that means necessarily if it means that if you drive into that area that you won't be able to get Starlink or you drive in and you'll turn it on and you would have to maybe wait for the residential customers to turn theirs off before you could get on because there is limited bandwidth by geographical area because you have you know, one or two satellites flying overhead that can only support so much bandwidth. Now, I did see that you can get your Starlink almost immediately if you sign up for this program. And there's a 30 day trial. So if you don't like it, you can send it back and get your money back. So please comment below if you sign up for Starlink for RVs and you test this out in different regions of the world. Because I mean, look at this map of Australia. Mm. This is going to be really popular, I think, in Australia where people go trekking out in the outback and uh there's no internet there. There's not much, not of, much anything of anything out there. <laughs> yeah, but this is really exciting because I think that a lot of people are going to be waiting for this. A lot of RVers have been dealing with kind of the worst internet service mm -hmm. plans you can imagine mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, you can buy a hotspot that works with cell towers. And it's like, there is no cell where tower. you're going, there probably isn't cell towers. It's usually wildly expensive and it's usually not a set price per month. So there's been this ongoing story about Giga Shanghai needing to stop production due to citywide lockdowns. But then Tesla was able to move to one shift of workers, some of whom would actually sleep in the factory. But now, according to a leaked Tesla internal memo, Reuters reports that Tesla plans to have production back up to pre-lockdown levels. So the question people are asking is, will this lead to a massive hit on Tesla's Q2 numbers? It really doesn't matter. I mean, anyone who's going to sell Tesla stock based on lower production this quarter, in my opinion, and I'm not a financial advisor, is an idiot. I mean, what's the point of projections or predictions if you're going to stick to them mindlessly? Any loss in production from Giga Shanghai is not a failing of Tesla. They can't predict or affect the COVID levels in a city of 26 million people, which, by the way, is more than the population of the entire state of Florida. In one city. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't understand how the financial industry is like, well, those were the production numbers that we set at the beginning of the quarter. And uh, hell or high water, they better hit those. Like, I don't care what they do. I don't care how many laws they break. That's the number. That's the production numbers that we need to see. Otherwise, uh oh. Yeah, because you're an analyst and I guess you just think that everything is driven by numbers. And if it's going up, then buy. If it's going down, then sell. Right. It's so stupid. I mean, you and I are longer term investors. So yeah, I'd maybe, say so. you know, we're just not this kind of quarterly financial bro. Never have been. And no. so I just I don't know. It's such a weird story that it's just like, well, but they didn't hit their numbers. It's like. Yeah, because they a worldwide pandemic, a worldwide pandemic and a government told them to not produce. Right. 
By the way, though, uh, the government of Shanghai is now pretty much reversing that and is going to be opening up the city really soon. So that means that Q3 numbers should be back to normal. So Stellantis, you know, the company that used to be Fiat Chrysler and Peugeot. They are now announcing a joint venture with Samsung SDI to build an EV battery cell and module plant in Kokomo. 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 Oh, man. <laughs> I want to work there. You want to work there? Kokomo. Yeah, Kokomo. Oh, man. That's where I want to go to get away from it all. Kokomo. You want to work in Kokomo, Indiana? Wait, what? Yeah, the plant is going to be built in Kokomo, Indiana. Oh, no, th that's okay. I'm good. Stellantis and Samsung say that the $2.5 billion plant should be up and running in 2025, making 23 gigawatt hours of batteries per year and create 1,400 new jobs. Now, Stellantis also signed a $4.1 billion deal in March with LG Energy to build a 45 gigawatt hour EV battery factory in Windsor, Ontario, which is just over the border with Detroit. Interesting. So we should start seeing some uh, Midwest battery factories going online. And a lot of new jobs in this industry, I think, is going to mean a lot of Americans are going to be learning about this new technology that we've known about for a long time. Because let's keep in mind what gets politics moving in the U.S. more jobs. than anything else. Jobs! Jobs, jobs, jobs! Jobs, jobs, jobs! Jobs, 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 jobs. <laughs> so you remember this iconic car from 1981? Yes, that's the DeLorean made famous from being in Back to the Future movies. That's right. John DeLorean's company made about 9,000 of these stainless steel cars before going bankrupt about a year later in 1982. DeLorean Motor Company was then bought. The CEO, Juice DeVries, used to run the Roadster service program for Tesla in the early days and then went on to Karma as their sales VP. Anyway, now the new company is announcing their first new car, the Alpha 5. Again, it's going to have gullwing doors like the old one. Mm. And this time, um, although it's not 1.1 gigawatt fusion powered, it will be all electric. Designed by Ital Design, which is the design firm that actually worked on the first DeLorean, the new Alpha 5 has a drag coefficient of just 0.23, which is actually better than the original. The base performance model will also be faster with an estimated 0 to 60 time of 2.99 seconds. Now, question, how fast can it get to 88 miles an hour? That is what everyone really wants to know. Uh, that would be 0 to 88 miles an hour in 4.35 seconds. All right, so I think we should stop the show right now and start writing a treatment for a pitch of the reboot of Back to the Future with the new electric DeLorean. Do we, oh, really? A reboot, huh? Huh? Christopher Lloyd's still around. <laughs> We keep Christopher Lloyd. Would this be a prequel? Would this be a, well? You can do a prequel and a sequel. It's a prequel because it's, it's a pre time travel. Yeah, prequel postquel uh, time travel. So it'll be a little bit more clever than most reboots. It won't be clever at all. No. Okay, so what are the specs of this DeLorean? Uh, it's going to have a 100-kilowatt-hour battery for more than 300 miles of range, a top speed of 155 miles an hour, and it'll be estimated to be in the mid-high 100,000 price range, so I'm guessing like 160, 170. DeLorean says that the first public appearance will be in August, because keep in mind what you're seeing here is CGI. Right. And will you need roads where we're going? Where we're going, we don't need roads. And does it have a Mr. Fusion for a range extender? Yeah, if you could throw a banana peel in there, man, that would be <laughs> awesome. So Rivian's executive VP in charge of manufacturing, Charlie Mwangi, is leaving after just two years with the company. 
Yeah, this is confirmed by an email from Rivian CEO, RJ Scaringe, who said, this is an important time for our growing business, all of which is happening in an extremely challenging environment. We are well positioned for long-term success, but we must continually evaluate how we operate. So Mwangi, by the way, used to work at Tesla from 2012 to January of 2019. Mm. He was in charge of many things, including the senior director of engineering. Oh, wow. So this would mean that he probably worked on everything from the Model S to the Model X the three and the Y. And maybe even Cybertruck, Semi-Truck, or the Roadster. I mean, who knows? Right. Now, Rivian is hiring Frank Klein, a former executive at Magna International, to be the new COO. Now, if you haven't heard of Magna before, they are the largest automobile parts manufacturer in North America. Yeah. Last quarter, Rivian produced 2,500 EVs and delivered about 1,200. And I just want to talk about, do you think Moengi was pushed out or did he like leave on his own accord? Right. I mean, two years is... On the low end for how long you stay at a company. I think that this is all unfortunately tied to Rivian's stock price, which to me isn't fair. It was completely overvalued. Uh, And then we're starting to see, you know, just a general market correction. I think that correctly, uh, Rivian is now valued lower. But then you have these companies like Ford and Amazon who have large stakes in these companies and basically saw losses solely because Rivian had a a downturn and they own shares in Rivian and therefore they had losses for quarters. Mm -hmm. uh, And they do not like that. No. So they're going like, well, why did that happen? Well, it's because their production numbers were down. So my guess... Is that maybe somebody at Ford went, listen here, RJ Scringe, you know, you better uh, hire my friend Frank Klein and he he knows how to make stuff. He's going to be in charge. okay? and, you know, they're on the board. So what are you going to do? I think that's a really good point. A lot of the production problems were related to supply chain problems. And, you know, the buck stops with whoever's in charge. And that was probably Mwenge. And it's like, hey, you're gone. We're going to replace you. And I'll bet that uh, Frank knows a lot about supply chain and is probably going to help Rivian out a lot. Sure. Um, I also think your point about like Ford probably being the one who put him in there might also be because Ford wants to know what's going on. And Frank probably is good buddies with Ford, so he yeah. can tell you what's going on. Hey, uh, Frank, tell me what's going on over there at Rivian. <laughs> well, you see, we've been having some problems, let me tell you. So speaking of Ford, Ford just delivered their first F-150 Lightning electric pickup truck this week. What? No, that's not true. I mean, I've seen that uh, Lightning's... We're all over the internet. Yeah, well, I guess those were press vehicles because it was a Michigan resident who ordered a Lightning with the platinum trim back on May 20th of 2021. And the truck was built on April 18th of this year and then delivered on May 26th. So why did it take over a month to get the truck from where it's produced to the customer? Do they travel by a horse and buggy or something? Like All I know is that Ford plans to have about 40,000 produced this year, ramping up to an annual production rate of 150,000 units by the end of next year. And they currently have 200,000 reservations, including ours, I might add. Uh, we will hopefully be getting our red lightning this summer sometime. Fingers crossed. And so if you haven't subscribed already to Now You Know, it's a good time to do it now because when we do get the Ford F-150 Lightning, we're going to be putting it to the real test like real owners do, right? not some kind of wind and dine press event. No, I mean, exactly. Uh, tools, towing, range, all the stuff that we're doing to the Rivian right now, we're going to do to all the trucks we get so that you guys can see real owners with real trucks in their hands. And uh, I think that's valuable information for you guys. Because I want to point out, 
we're going to own these trucks. These are not press trucks. I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of outlets get a press truck for a day or two. Mm -hmm. And I mean, in a day or two, what can you really learn? That's one of the reasons why we just don't really do press stuff. Because in a day or two, uh, what do you, you know, you go to the store and you're like, okay, I like it. Um, when you own it for weeks, you really learn about, hey, how does it charge day after day? How does the range work day after day? And then we can report to you without having to be like, oh, so we can't say that. Mm -hmm. Oh, we, oh, we can't say that. That's why we're doing it. Yeah. And if you want to find a great place to talk to people about uh, an even arguably more exciting pickup truck, uh, the Cybertruck, you should definitely head over to the Cybertruck Owners Club. Their website is full of Cybertruck news, discussions, and community for Cybertruck enthusiasts and future owners. Yeah, they support this show, and their 3D configurator allows you to visualize your Cybertruck in any color, wrap, and logo, both on screen and in augmented reality. So e-bikes come in so many shapes and sizes and price points. Ethan just reviewed the Polerna Folding Fat Tire e-bike over on our sister channel. Now let's review. So folding fat tire e-bikes have become very popular. I think it's because you can fit them in the back of a truck or an SUV without the need for a bike rack. Yeah, because let's be honest, a bike rack on a car either means you need a hitch or you have to have this big weird thing strapped onto like body panels on your car with like a zillion straps. Yeah, um, I will say this Polarna folding fat tire e-bike is similar to many we've seen. It's kind of huge. Yeah, Ethan shows trying to fit the folded bike into a typical sedan trunk and an SUV. Yeah, now this is a very small use case. I mean, because honestly, you have to be quite strong to muscle all that weight around without hurting your back. But being able to store it and transport it are a couple of cool advantages of this form factor. And what I like is seeing Ethan riding it and getting his honest feedback about what he likes and doesn't. And that's really why we do the channel. Um, we want you to be able to see all the benefits of different e-bikes. And I just want to talk about this for a second. If you're kind of new to e-bikes or maybe you're just discovering them, I think the biggest problem you're probably having right now is like which one to get. Because like you're seeing here, this one fits a really cool use case if you need that. But there's so many different types, thin tires, fat tires, folding, non-folding, comfy seats, bench seats, banana seats, all sorts of different motor powers, all sorts of different uh, motor configurations. Right. And we've reviewed almost every type of e-bike over on Now Let's Review. So you can get a good sense of like what you actually want just by watching a few of those reviews. So if you would just take a minute, head over to Now Let's Review and hit the subscribe button. That would help us out getting some more cool e-mobility products to try out. Yeah, and if you watch a few of those videos, you're gonna kind of become an e-bike expert. So I say this a lot, but EVs are reaching new heights. This time, literally. Reiner Zitlow, now a five-time Guinness World Record holder, drove a VW ID4 GTX up Udurunku, a dormant volcano in southern Bolivia. They took this EV to an elevation of 5,816 meters or 19,081 feet. This is Reiner's 19th feet to date, but I want to know more about this GTX here. What, what is it? This is an improved version of the ID4 with an upgraded suspension, which is something that I wanted from testing the, you know, standard ID4. Oh, right. It also has a couple other minor tweaks, including a few aesthetic ones. Uh, but the main thing was the suspension, I think, because they knew that it was kind of crappy in the base model. <laughs> well, I mean, Jesse, if you look, he didn't go all the way up that mountain. It looks like it could have gone a little farther. Let's get our own GTX and bomb it up that hill a little more and then we would win the record. As much as I wanna do that, and I mean, of course, I wanna drive all the way through Bolivia to get to that uh, volcano. Uh, the GTX version of the ID4 is not sold in the US. Oh, so bummer. For anyone who wanted to buy an ID4 that doesn't have crappy suspension, sorry, hmm. sorry. Well, maybe it's coming. So speaking of VW, 
I think it's easy to forget about the Dieselgate scandal. Yeah, that's when Volkswagen installed emission software on about 10.5 million cars worldwide to change how the engines performed. When being tested, the fuel pressure, injection timing, and exhaust gas recirculation would change, allowing the cars to pass emissions testing. But when the cars sensed that they were driving normally on a normal road, they would change those parameters to emit up to 40 times more nitrogen oxide emissions, which is a smog-forming pollutant linked to lung cancer. Yeah, there's peer-reviewed studies that estimate that approximately 59 deaths were caused just in the U.S. by the increased emissions alone. By 2020, Volkswagen had spent $33.3 billion in settlements and buybacks of its cheating cars, including $2 billion to start Electrify America. But the pain isn't over for VW because there are still lawsuits going on. You see, in the UK, VW refused to compensate owners of certain diesel models affected by the scandal. So over 100,000 VW owners sued the biggest group action lawsuit ever brought before the English courts. The case was set to go to trial in January. So what did VW do last week? They settled. Yeah, 90,000 VW owners will now get payments to compensate them. The total will be 193 million pounds. That works out to be about 2,000 pounds per owner. Philip Harmon, the chief legal officer at VW, said the Volkswagen Group is pleased that we've been able to conclude this long-running litigation in England and Wales. The settlement is another important milestone as the Volkswagen Group continues to move beyond the deeply regrettable events leading up to September 2015. The deeply regrettable events. Oh, when you installed software to cheat, meaning that your cars would spew poison into the atmosphere. Regrettable. It's Ooh. so regrettable oh, that that happened. It's too bad that that happened. So you see, I think what VW should have done was back in 2008 when they started doing all this, they should have not done it and they would have saved $33 billion in lawsuits and settlements and they could have built gigafactories and gigafactories for EVs and batteries. Yeah, $33 billion. I mean, they could have practically bought Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, last week we reported on how Tesla is being removed from the S&P 500 ESG index because they ain't didn't perform good enough. Well, I thought we should check up on the biggest oil companies and see how they're doing with their greenwashing. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, plans to cut emissions of greenhouse gases. Did I do that? Washington, D.C. based Oil Change International just put out this report titled Big Oil Reality Check in collaboration with over 35 global organizations. So let's see how the big eight are doing. Ooh, that is uh, not so good. Yeah, so let's uh, let me give you the color coding here. Okay, yeah. uh, red is grossly insufficient. Uh huh. Orange is insufficient. Yellow is partially aligned. Light green is close to being aligned. Well, I don't see. Any. And dark green is fully aligned. But there's no any green at all on the. No, no, chart. you missed. There's one little. See that little light green box there? Oh. Yeah. So any has set a target to reduce all its emissions. So that got them a little green box. Wait, they set a target. Mm hmm. And that's what got them the light green box. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I don't I don't see any dark green. Oh, you the... mean fully aligned? Right. Yeah, no, no, because uh, none of them are fully aligned on any of the 11 criteria. And that is because they're all a bunch of greedy lying that don't give a 
about our planet. Mm. Now, we're going to show a video of Shell's shareholder meeting on our Patreon bonus stories that I found inspirational and what it sparked. Uh, but getting back to the report, it found that big oil and gas were involved in over 200 expansion projects between now and 2025, which will add an additional 8.6 billion tons of greenhouse gas emissions. That's the equivalent of adding 77 coal-fired power plants. And that's why we do this show. Because every time one of you or your family or friends chooses an electric car or to add solar or a heat pump, you are reducing the revenue of these companies and you are reducing their power, their stranglehold on our governments and our planet. So thank you. Thank you to everyone who has ever told us, shared or just done any of those positive things that you can do um, because these companies are evil. And despite all of the money that they pour and dump into greenwashing campaigns to make you feel like maybe they're my friends, they are not your friends. And this is exactly why, because look at that chart. And if you want to share this story with your friends and family and you don't want to share the entire long episode, head on over to our Now You Know Clips channel where we chop this into a little bite-sized piece that you can easily share. So we saw the Rivian R1T do it. Although we have an R1T and I... Have yet to find the tank turn button. That is funny. I mean, I guess we must have overlooked it. It must be in there somewhere. Well, now Mercedes-Benz has released a video showing their EQG G-Wagon doing a tank turn. Look, it's a great way to create buzz, but it is a hard feature to pull off in the real world for a couple reasons, right? Number one, the real world where most vehicles drive is covered in asphalt and you can't break traction on asphalt, at least not as easily as you can on dirt or mud. And both of these vehicles show tank turns on flat, sand, or mud because that's the only place it works. Number two, doing this is highly unstable. If just one wheel catches for an instant, it will throw the vehicle off in an unexpected direction. Again, if you try showing off this feature to your friends, you are very likely going to end up flying off and crashing into something. Uh, by the way, when is the Mercedes-Benz EQG scheduled start delivery? Production is planned for 2024, and Mercedes-Benz says it will be using a new next-generation battery anode developed by Scylla a battery startup that uh, Mercedes-Benz started investing in back in 2019. Now, I mean, I am excited for them to be making an electric G-Wagon uh, just so that way we can get these awful polluting G-Wagons maybe off the road if, you know, there's if they're cool enough. I think Mercedes-Benz learned from Rivian. You show this now, gets everyone excited, talking about it, thinking maybe I'll sign up for mm -hmm. this. Then when 2024 rolls around or 25, when you finally get your or truck 2026, or six, you will completely forget about this feature or this promise because it's not even a promise. Right. Um, and you'll have the truck and you'll be looking like we are for that button. Like, where's the tank turn button? Huh. Hmm. I just I, thought I guess I just didn't read the manual motors. Enough. Yeah. China's BYD is now finally taking pre-orders for their new EV, the Seal. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, what are they going to call their other cars? Like Dolphin? They already make that one. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, they sold like 30,000 last year. Oh, that's it. Oh, oh I, okay. Okay. But that's more of a Leaf or Bolt type competitor there. The Seal is going to compete with the Model 3. Okay, tell me more. So the long range version should cost about $40,000 and have a range of 700 kilometers or 435 miles. <laughs> What? <laughs> Relax. That's using the CLTC range or the China light duty vehicle test cycle, which is China's new range test, which is supposed to be more accurate than their old NEDC. Uh, for some context, a Model 3 long range has a 420 CLTC mile range. It's about like 20% rosy compared to EPA. 
<laughs> so it's wait, it's even less accurate than NEDC. Right. Uh, so, I mean, whereas NEDC, I would joke and say it was, you know, stood for not even darn close. I mean, this one should be called clearly less than close. <laughs> even factoring in the 20 percent rosy number, that's uh, that's still a great range for a great price. Yeah, I mean, and they have cheaper versions, too. The standard range is just under 32,000 with a realistic range of about 275 miles. Damn. How could BYD pull that off? Well, I think if you made a Model 3 with cheaper suspension and motors and like lowered the margin and safety, I bet. I mean, I don't know. I saw this video on their Waibu account and it looks pretty good. And so this car isn't coming to the U.S. Yet. Check out our interview with Sandy Monroe, China is Coming. In that in-depth, we talk about what happens when China does come to the U.S. Yeah, I mean, maybe we should get him back on the horn and uh, talk more about uh, possibly the seal coming to the American market. Because, like, even with tariffs and shipping it, like, it still could compete with the Model 3 in the U.S., yeah. Um, and it's a similar battery. It's the BYD blade style battery, which uh, Tesla is using in China. Mm. So, I mean, my guess is that BYD took one of Tesla's Model 3s made in China. Mm -hmm. They tore it apart and they copied a lot of it. And yeah, I'd love to see Sandy uh, rip this car apart and see what's inside and how it works. All right. It's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. Thank you, Henson, for my wonderful shave this morning. I always feel so fortunate that I get to use my Henson shaver before the show every week. And uh, you can get a Henson shaver yourself. And Great Father's Day present. It is a good Father's Day present for sure. And if you buy one right now and use the code now, you know, you'll get 100 free blades that is going to last you well over a year, maybe two. So definitely go check it out over at HensonShaving.com. Jeff Don heads up Tesla's battery research lab at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Canada. Yeah, if there were a Jeopardy about Tesla, Jeff Don would be featured in a lot of the questions. This mild-mannered scientist helped Tesla develop some of their incredible lithium-ion battery technology. Who is Jeffrey Don? Correct. Uh, why are we talking about Jeff Don today? Well, it seems that Jeff's team, including Michael Metzger and a bunch of super smart PhDs, has done it again. They just published a paper describing a new nickel-magnes-cobalt battery chemistry using a lithium-fluorine-silicon-salt electrolyte that could compete with LFP chemistry on longevity and has higher energy density. The paper says NMC cells, particularly those balanced and charged to 3.8 volts, show better columbic efficiency, less capacity fade, and higher energy density compared to LFP cells and are projected to yield lifetimes approaching a century at 25 degrees Celsius. Okay, so longer cycle life and higher energy density, that's good, but... Nickel and cobalt, expensive. Yeah, it sounds like you can use the new electrolyte with other nickel chemistries that don't include cobalt, mm. but it does sound like these tests were on nickel-based batteries. Interesting. And so it might take a while for this kind of research to trickle down into the batteries that are going to be going into people's cars. Maybe, maybe not, though. I mean, I feel like this kind of research is just tweaking existing chemistry, mm. so I don't feel like it's that hard to put it into the production line. And I also just think the big piece, the big takeaway here is the cycle life. The fact that if you could get a car to have a really high cycle life, that means that now if you wanted to put your car on a vehicle to grid system where you would be cycling a lot more, there'd be a lot less pushback from owners. Because I think the big pushback now, if I said to you like, hey, put your car on the grid, you'd be like, so every day I have to be charging and discharging my car? No thanks. Right. But if it had a super high cycle life of 100 years, right. you'd be like, yeah, sure. Uh, and it 
It would also be useful for uh, vehicles that would be used a lot, right? like those maybe on some kind of a taxi network where the cars could drive themselves. If only somebody was working on what? That, yeah. yeah, what would you call that? I don't know. All right, it's time for Going Green, and we're sponsored by EcoWare. Now, Father's Day is coming up soon, June 19th, so now is the time to order something special and fun for your dad on EcoWare. If you use the promo code ILOVEDAD over at ecoware.us, you will get 10% off your order. Yeah, keep in mind we have over 100 designs, so many cool products from t-shirts to hats to mugs to phone cases to pet apparel. And we carbon offset your entire purchase from the production, shipping, life cycle, and... We plant multiple trees for every order. And we help cap methane spewing abandoned oil wells with the Well Done Foundation, making your purchase carbon negative. So start positive conversations today with carbon negative products at ecoware.us. There is a new bill. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. Just introduced in the U.S. Senate called the Heating Efficiency and Affordable Tax Relief, or the HEATER Act. A key provision in this bill would encourage manufacturers of central AC units to include two-way heat pumps so that the units not only can cool your home, but can also heat it. See, the problem is that every day in the U.S., Americans install more than 18,000 central air conditioner units for their homes. And these things can only do one thing, cool your home. Now, if you want to heat your home, you need another heat source like oil, wood, or gas. But heat pumps are two to four times more efficient and dramatically reduce indoor air pollution and greenhouse gas emissions. And you might be saying, oh, but you're building this whole new different thing. Uh, no, 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 no. The ACs that you have, like the big like block that you have outside of your house is a heat pump. It's just that it can only go in one direction. Right. If you could put it in reverse, you could heat your house and cool the outside air. And that would allow you to heat your home with the same basic stuff. All you have to do is change like a few valves and a That's few little really things. That's a really good point. That's like buying a car that had no reverse gear. And then you're like, well, if you do want to go backwards, you, you can buy, buy another car. Buy a reverse car. That's right, Bob. <laughs> this car only goes in reverse. And it only runs on natural gas. So the good news is that nearly 4 million heat pumps were sold in the U.S. last year. But the bad news is that 6 million central AC only units were sold last year as well. So if current trends continue, sales of central AC units will still outnumber heat pumps 30 years from now. If this heater act is enacted, it could save consumers $27 billion in energy costs over the next decade. That is $169 in annual savings for the average American family. And greenhouse gases would fall by 49 million metric tons annually. So why are we telling you about this? Because the bill is currently in the Senate Committee on Finance. And guess what will get it out with a favorable report? Yeah, a favorable report means that uh, the committee votes yes, which then means it goes back to the Senate and most senators will be more likely to vote for it. So what will get it out of that committee? You. So call, email, tweet at your senators and let them know you support heat pumps. I mean, Model Ys have them. Why shouldn't your home? We'll put a link to find your senator so you can tell them how you feel about Senate Bill S-4139. Go do it now. All right, it's time for Sunspots. Okay, it's not a done deal, but Tesla has lobbied Texas's ERCOT, which is their grid operator, to allow solar and battery customers to add their power to the grid when needed. Tesla's U.S. energy markets policy lead, Arushi Sharma Frank, says, so basically, it's horrendously hot in large parts of the country too early in the year compared to past years. The early heat waves are a huge challenge for electric grid operators, and that's on top of other climate concerns. 
home solar and battery customers have been providing their extra clean energy capacity back to constrained grids daily around the world and gotten paid for it. We're trying to enable that in Texas ERCOT this year. I keep hearing how that will take four to six years, and it's like, what a joke. Let's do it now and figure out something that doesn't take years and cost the earth. So if ERCOT allows this, then Tesla would essentially become a power utility in Texas, able to bid on grid demand using their auto bidder, Power Hub and OptiCaster software. And I want some of these. I know, I want right? these on discs. You know what I mean? Like a CD auto bidder. What? I, I don't know. You just I'm old now. You don't understand. I want it to come in a cardboard box with, with pictures on the Welcome back. to being old. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I'm Join old the club. now. You, you, you look back fondly at your childhood when you had CDs. When to we pop would in. go to Circuit City and we would buy a a game and then we would drive home with it and I'd be looking at the box the whole time and then we would spend like two hours installing it. Yes. Um, by the way, just look around your house. Do you have any computers in your house that can take a DVD or a CD now? Because I don't <laughs> think I can. I returned a computer once because I was like, it doesn't have a CD drive. This is ridiculous. But you know, this is another aspect of Tesla that I think people don't factor in when they're calculating Tesla's future value. Mm. They talk about what cars are coming out and how many sales they'll have of cars, 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 cars. This affects everyone on the planet, the electrical grid, and Tesla is slowly and quietly getting into being an electric utility. And not just an electric utility, an essential electric utility mm -hmm. that when the power is going out because Texas didn't build their power generation stations properly, uh, these batteries and solar systems are going to be working round the clock almost all the time. Yeah, and I think the other funny thing here is that Tesla's actually doing this kind of like Tom Sawyer did, where the customers buy the solar and batteries and then Tesla gets to become the utility on top of that. I mean, it's a perfect model. Except if t then Tom Sawyer like paid Huckleberry Finn fairly for his work. Hey, and if you'd like to get solar and batteries in your house, talk to our friends at Energy Pal, because I know you have a lot of questions about this and they have all the answers. Reach out to them at the link below and tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you. All right, it's time for some video contributor stories. And we love your stories, so send them in to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Remember to shoot them in landscape so we don't make fun of you. Good audio, so none of that wind noise and no music. Let's see what we got this week. The Cobster sent us this video contributor story about his solar, Tesla, and Tesla investing. Hello, Zach and Jesse. You asked for video contributor stories, so here's uh, my little effort. So, back in 2000, early uh, 2013, I got my solar. There's uh, 56 for a 14 kilowatt system, and uh, that is my house, it's all electric. And then if you look very closely in the driveway there, if I can zoom in, there's my Model Y I got last year in June. So I'm making my own power and I'm powering the car and the house is all electric. So I'm not totally off the grid, but uh, it certainly has a return on investment and I chose to put these on the ground because they were easier to clean. These things get covered in the springtime with pollen and uh, dust. So anyway, that's that's my deal here. And I also want to thank you guys for uh, having your show because I took your advice, even though I know you're not financial advisors, uh, put 28000 down in Tesla several years ago. And I was able to basically uh, get the car 
for, you know, it's not free money, but it certainly felt like it. Anyway, thanks a lot, brothers. We'll see you. Wow, I'm so glad that worked out for you. Um, uh, almost free Tesla. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. It's great. And we got this story from Somi reporting on the Las Vegas boring tunnel and how you can get in it. So I just uh, talked to a guy from the boring company there. Um, and so basically, in order to ride this thing, first thing is it's not open today because there's no events happening in the convention center. Um, but the even if it is open, you have to have a convention badge. So he just recommends just keep track of the uh, Las Vegas Convention Center uh, events, buy the cheapest ticket, and come on down and ride the loop. And that's the little trick to get in. Now, apparently, in the next three years, they expect the loop to be finished. Uh, all that goes all the way down the Vegas Strip. And he said, when that happens, it's going to be open for anyone. Just pay a ticket and ride. And if Elon's right, the ticket's not going to be very much. So um, that's something to look forward to. So there it is. The Vegas Loop. That's interesting. I would have just... I would have made that mistake. I would have just gone to Las Vegas and... I want to go on the tunnel. Tunnel, please. Oh, uh, no, sir. There's no convention today. <laughs> right. So comment below uh, if you can find, like, the cheapest upcoming Las Vegas conference so that we can all go to, like, a cheap conference. We don't even have to go to the conference. Just go for the ride in the boring just tunnel. Just be in the boring tunnel the whole time. Over looping. Back. Keeping, keeping uh, I'm cool. going back to the conference. Hey, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. And uh, if you'd like to support the show and get a lot of cool, fun stories for just a buck a month, head on over to patreon.com slash now you know. That's where you're going to find a bunch of cool perks. Like, you can join our book club, our investor club. You can get your name at the credits on the end of the show. All of that and more. And support the show. It's it's awesome. It's All right, we're back from the Patreon bonus stories. It's time for our Patreon shoutouts. These are people who support us for five bucks a month or more every month, and they deserve a shout-out because they help support our show. Who do we got, Jess? We've got Udi Delinsky, Richard Drum, Farron Espen, Doug Fry, Kent Lay, Brett Scott, Mike Zavalinsky, James Lemai. Andrew Taylor, Scott Gardner, Scott Sherman, Technopolis, Carrie Child, Tim Jeffcott, Terry J. Fundak, Dave, Daniel Trapp, Jean-Francois Berlumier. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do this show without you. No, we can't. All right, it's time for Community Mail Time. Community Mail Time. And we love getting your pictures and stories. Send them into hello at nowyouknowchannel.com and let's see what we got this week. Dave says, I thought you'd like to see my Mars Edition Model S in Phoenix. That's cool. That Mars is cool. Edition. I like that. They should sell that version. Yeah. Michael wrote to share this. Here's a shot from 36,000 feet on the solar panel progress being made at the Nevada Gigafactory. Wow. So is he like flying a commercial flight and just like had a <laughs> cool zoom lens? That's. Uh, I think that's from a cell phone. That's amazing. That's a, I mean, the technology. 36,000 feet? I know. Well, it's a big factory. Peter from San Francisco said, I just spotted a couple of bright drop EV delivery trucks here in San Francisco. I've never heard of them before, so I asked the driver, and it's a division of General Motors. I think the ones I saw were being used to show industry buyers. Now, we have covered this before. Peter is correct. It's a GM division. This is the bright drop Zevo 600. It has a 250-mile range, 120 kilowatts of charging, uh, 600 cubic feet of cargo space. It's built on the Ultium platform at the Cami Assembly Plant in Canada. Hmm. It's a good-looking truck. Lo yeah, love to have it driving around my city. Yeah, I'd like to get one. I'd like to get that mod for City Skylines. Joel wrote in to say, I am excited to see more chargers of all types getting installed here in Iowa. My state is slow to adopt, but the last two days I saw a Bolt EUV and a Jaguar charging at this charger. Nice. 
Philippe sent us his remake of the arcade game Tapper with an 8-bit Tesla in it. Um, He says, no fancy graphics and sound, but I think it's fun. It's based on the Tapper arcade game. Really like playing that one, so I just expanded on it, and it works on smartphones and in the Tesla browser, although he admits that it's more enjoyable with a keyboard. Now, I played it, and then I found myself half an hour later going, oh, I have to get back to writing the show. Uh, It's really addictive. And we'll put the link down below, and uh, it does work in the Tesla browser. Marco from the Netherlands says, This week, my first long road trip to Germany with my mini Nimbus glider trailer on the tow hitch. 620 kilometers, three charging stops, but the last one was not really necessary. Energy use was about 240 watt-hours per kilometer at 80 to 100 kilometers an hour. Normally, it's about 150 watt-hours per kilometer. Disadvantage is I have to unhook the trailer to be able to put it on the charger. All in all, I'm very pleased. The Model Y is doing very well as a towing car. The trailer is about 50 pounds. That's really good to get that data, although that is a slipstream trailer. Well, it's a very <laughs> efficient glider. James said this morning while at the home goods store, I saw the electric Hummer in the wild. That thing was freaking huge. I talked to the driver who is an industrial engineer at GM and works both in autonomy and electric vehicles. He said they are not currently in production, but GM has Hummers available for employee uses. Uh, he thought that he would take it for the weekend. So well, that's a good park if you're an employee. I mean, I, I guess. Yeah. Eddie sent us this video of an R1S that he spotted on the 5 Freeway in Anaheim, California. So what do you think? Should we get the R1S along with the R1T or do you think we've like tested that vehicle enough? I don't know. Uh, Let us know in the comments if you think we should get the R1S to test. Is there something that you want us to see us testing it that makes it worth us getting it? Um, Because, I mean, it's basically an R1T. But maybe it's not. I don't know. Alan sent us these pictures of a Plaid Model S that he saw in Vermont. And remember Fred had shared some videos a couple weeks ago of those Starship delivery robots, not Starship, the SpaceX, but Starship company. Uh, They were delivering food on campuses in Northern California. Well, Fred writes to tell us about this little cute delivery robot from Starship that appears to have gotten lost in the woods of Northamptonshire, England. Theories of how and why this happened include it has gained sentience and is using it to go on a mental health walk. All right, it's time for supercharger reviews. People go out into the world, they stop at a supercharger or destination charger, and they send us this. Hey, Zach and Jesse. This is Tesla Supercharger 8 stall in St. Peter, Minnesota. We are charging up a Tesla Model Y 2022 from rented from Hertz. We are the first people to actually get to rent this vehicle and test drive it. This is a test drive for us, so it's been a fun experience. This is in the Hy-Vee grocery store parking lot. They've got a Starbucks inside, and there is a McDonald's about a five-minute walk from here. But definitely enjoying our rental experience with the Tesla Model Y. Now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse. This is the Supercharger. It's a 10-stall at 1710 29th Street in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, It's really close to a lot of stuff. There's a Panera Bread, there's a Trader Joe's you can walk right across the street to. Um, There's a Target across the street, the Wells Fargo. You can also walk down to a Five Guys and also a BJ's Roadhouse restaurant. So there's a lot of stuff, very walkable. Um, I came in, got a really good charge here on a Model Y. And today, 45 years ago today, was when a certain Muppet show debuted in the U.S. So you know those meepers, sometimes those meepers are just going to (laughs) meep. Now you know. Hi, Zach and Jesse. 
Eddie for short coming to you from the Tesla Charger in Laurel, Maryland. It is located by the Royal Farms off the road um, Van Dusen Road and there's food right here, restaurants, there's a Royal Farm chicken. Um, down the road over there is where you have all the grocery shops and all the food and stuff. This was installed in less than a month that I started I think and for Tesla Energy. It's just new and back to you Zach and Jesse. I love the show. Hi Zach and Jesse, Mike from the Rural Montana family here at the Supercharger in Kennewick, Washington. This is a 10 stall, 150 kilowatt supercharger. And we got three blue Teslas here. Ours being the oldest, it looks almost black since this used to be this very dark, dark blue. But anyway, we got one pull install here and the rest are as usual back in stalls. Around here, there's a few stores over that way. Uh, we got a little gas station here and then off to this side here we got a Fred Meyers grocery store looks like it has a Starbucks in it but other than that right here there is really not too much and you would have to walk a little bit to get to some of the other places since it is not in a very bad location but at night there's probably not much here that you can do i think i would rate this about a seven out of ten now you know thank you so much for doing supercharger reviews i really enjoy seeing them every week if you want to submit your own you can head over to now you know channel.com and there we have the whole map with every single supercharger review that anyone has ever submitted on there yep and you can upload your own and uh, plan out your trips do whatever you need to do and hey you might even see your review on the show yeah i think it's the only place in the world that has this all right, so what do we got for new superchargers in the world? It's a long list, ain't it? Yes. We got the 20 stall in Limburg, Germany. We got the 12 stall in Fort Myers, Gulf Coast, Main Street in Florida. We have number 30 in Colorado is the 14 stall in Lyman, Colorado. The 16 stall in Burr Ridge, Illinois. Number 35 in Maryland is the 8 stall at Perry Hall, Maryland. Number 61 in Sweden is the 3 stall in Overtornia, Sweden. Number 4 in Slovenia is the 8 stall in Zvornica, Slovenia. Number 53 in Virginia is the 12 stall in Fairfax. Number 19 in South Carolina is the 8 stall at Hilton Head Island North, South Carolina. Number 149 in Canada is the 6 stall in Fernie, British Columbia. The 4 stall in Lubbock, Texas. The 16 stall in Waller, Texas. Number 96 in Florida is the 8 stall in Jacksonville at Wilson Boulevard, Florida. There's the 20 stall in Barstow at Tanger Way, California. Number 41 in North Carolina is the 8 stall at Greenville, North Carolina. Number 23 in Oregon is the 8 stall in Harrisburg, Oregon. Number 283 in California is the 4 stall Urban Supercharger in Barstow at East Main Street, California. The 8 stall Level 2, which is weird, in Woodbridge, New Jersey. Number 6 in Singapore, the 3 stall at Century Square in Singapore. The 3 stall in Yoho Mall, Zone CD, Hong Kong. Number 43 in Hong Kong is the 3 stall at Island Resort, Hong Kong. Number 75 in South Korea is the 6th stall in Gwangyang, South Korea. Number 8 in Israel is the 8th stall at Beer Sheva, Israel. The 12th stall in Oswego, Illinois. Number 126 in Germany is the 12th stall in Herodin, Germany. 
Number 27 in Michigan is the 12th stall in Northville. Number 75 in Texas is the 12th stall in Baytown. Number 39 in Illinois is the 8th stall in Rochelle. Number 28 in Indiana is the 12th stall at Southport. And number 43 in New Jersey, number 1385 in the USA, number 3457 in the world is the 8th stall in Elwood, New Jersey. Wow, that's a lot of superchargers. Yes. I love weeks like this. <laughs> I know. It's really exciting. Tesla so, supercharger team. Way to go. I know. Uh, round of applause. Yeah. Uh, leave it down in the comments below and hit the like button. I mean, we didn't do anything. Can you but... believe how many are in some places? Like just a few months ago, it seems like there was none in Singapore, none in Israel, like all mm -hmm. these places where now there's tons of them. Yep. I want to talk about, we got a lot of comments on our Patreon bonus story last week about the Tesla Model Y fire in Vancouver, Canada. If you want to check that out, friendly reminder here, help support the show. Go join our Patreon at patreon.com slash now you know, you'll learn all about it. Um, and just a PSA here, if you're ever stuck in a car and you need to break a window, as one of our Patreon commenters pointed out, you take the headrest out of your seat and use the pointy end to smash the window. So as one Patreon commenter pointed out, you can take the headrest out and use the pointy end to smash the window. But you can't do that in a Tesla. What, what do you mean? You can't pull it out? As far as I know, I've never been able to move it. So I don't think you'd be able to take it out. You could potentially use the seatbelt, use it like a sling and... Oh, because I thought the whole point of because I've seen some cars where it comes all the headrest comes all the way out and sure. it's got the pointy ends. And I thought that was the point of it, like why they were pointy. I don't know. I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. All right, this is comments. where we need your help, because uh -huh. I thought in an emergency I wouldn't think of this. But then if this is wrong, I don't want to tell people that they can pull it out. So right. you know what you should do? Go out to your car right now, and whatever car it. you have and test it and, and, then and smash the window. No, well, don't don't do don't test. <laughs> but I think you should at least buy something or have something in the car to smash the window, because as we've seen on shows like Mythbusters, it can be important sometimes to get out of a car. Like if there's a fire, or if you go underwater and you need to bust the window. And if, yeah, you need something. I mean, in the case of the Model Y fire, the guy like used his feet, mm -hmm. but not all of us are that strong. So um, I don't know. I just comment below. I would like to know, is there like a surefire way to get out? And the other thing I just want to talk about, this was episode 299. Next week is going to be episode 300. I know that like numbers like that are exciting to people, but I'm actually excited about episode 312. Why? What about uh, 314? Pi. That's exciting too. No, 312 is the six year anniversary because, you know, 52 weeks in a year, we don't even take a break. So it's every 52 weeks was another show. Yeah, we're getting up to the sixth year of doing the show nonstop every week. And that is only possible. This journey that we do is really only possible because you watch the show mm -hmm. and you support us. And so, look, a like helps us, mm -hmm. a subscribe helps us. Mm -hmm. Even more would be to head on over to Patreon and help us out for a buck a month. You get so much for that. We hope you really enjoy that. And we do that every week yeah. for you. You can comment uh, down below. You can also share it with your friends. I know that this is a long show to share. That's why we have the Clips channel. If there was one story in particular that you wanted to share with your friends, uh, but you didn't want to share the whole one hour show, but you do want to kind of get them hooked on Zach and Jesse so that you can talk about it. Uh, that's why we made the Clips channel for you. And we're going to be traveling a lot more on this channel. I mean, now that you know worldwide events have just kept us in lockdown forever we are itching like you guys are probably to get out there and so like we're going camping this week yeah uh, in the r1t and we're going to show you all that but like we want to go far and wide and so keep watching the show because there's going to be plenty of opportunities for us to come to your neck of the woods and show off all the cool stuff that we try and bring you every week on the show evs e-bikes all kinds of e-mobility butts and seats like let's go people yeah, let's this is it. fun now is the time let's put it in gear or 
<laughs> flick the thing down so that the computer knows that Put we're it in, in autopilot. here. Uh, let's do it. Uh, and I, yeah, thank you so much to everyone who's ever watched this channel. If this is your first video, thank you. If yeah, this welcome. is your uh, 299th Tesla Time News, thank you very much as well. Um, I'm so happy to have the community that we do. It's a really wonderful community. Um, and again, thank you to our Patreon patrons who make this show truly possible. We'll see you next week, everybody. Now, now you know. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.